everybody. Welcome to uh, another episode of Positively Charged Wrestling. I'm Brayden and my good buddy Josh. Hey guys, welcome to episode five. This is our uh, Empire Strikes Back episode of the podcast. There you go, there you go. A <laughs> little, little, little bit of a quieter week this week, uh, but still plenty of stuff to get into. We've got a, a pay-per-view tonight. Um, it's like the 15th or 16th pay-per-view already this year. Uh, <laughs> uh, what What is the pay-per-view count now? Uh, I'm I'm really not sure. I, are we counting the uh, Saudi shows too? Or See, that's when you get into a gray area. Um, I, I'm thinking it's, it's honestly, I'm thinking it's around 13. Uh, if you count the Saudi shows. Um, so I just pulled this up. Let's see. So just counting the main shows, there's Royal Rumble, Elimination Chamber, Fast Lane, Mania, that's four, Money in the Bank, five, Stomping Ground, six, Extreme Rules, seven, SummerSlam, eight, Clash of Champions, nine, uh, Survivor Series, 10, TLC, 11, but there's also the the Saudi shows, so you could stretch it to 13, 14. Crazy. Uh, which is, I watch them, don't get me wrong, but I, I, I still think that's too many. <laughs> and, and that will actually tie us into something we'll get into a little bit, uh, in just a little bit, uh, interesting little topic that you brought up. Um, we'll touch on that and, a few moments but uh let's uh let's dive into this show um pretty solid card i know it seems like we go in we joke about how many shows there are there's no time to build anything but i think stomping grounds was solid for whatever reason a lot of these shows seem to be pretty darn watchable for the most part they 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 have a stinker every now and again but i i feel for the most part these shows are uh pretty solid yeah just looking at the layout for this one i don't see just on paper i don't see anything that i i'm like nah i'm gonna skip that one you know it does look all solid. yeah um so what kind of go i've got uh got the card pulled up here and there's uh, Drew Gulak and Tony Nice. This is probably going to be on the pre-show. Um, I don't know a lot of the backstory about this because I'm sure a lot of it's taking place on 205 Live. Both are talented guys. I'm thinking Gulak uh, wrestled uh, Matt Riddle last night on the Evolve show, um, which I still need to watch. That That was taking place during Fight for the Fallen, and I made my choice to watch Fact for the Fallen rather than an Evolve show. So, uh, which I also need to finish Fight for the Fallen. I fell asleep at the uh, before the big tag team match. So, but what I did see of that was uh, yet again pretty darn solid. Um, but I digress. So, 
we'll kind of skip over the the cruiserweight match and kind of get into uh, some of the main card and uh, Alistair Black and Cesaro. So so this one's pretty interesting. It, it wasn't Bray that was knocking on the door, unfortunately. True, true. Um, but I think this certainly has potential to to be a good little feud. What uh, what say you? Yeah, um, I'm I'm a big Cesaro fan, so you know anything involving him, I'm into. Um, I think, of course, with him involved and Alistair both, they'll, they'll put on a good match. Should be hard hitting too. Cause, yeah, that's that's the thing. I, I think the offense that Alistair has kind of lends itself to um, to being a little stiff, and, and I think that uh, Cesaro enjoys that. True. Um, so I, I think that could be a sleeper, and I see no reason why this won't carry over to SummerSlam. Yeah. Um, then we've got uh, the tag team picture which is actually pretty healthy on both sides. Uh, we'll start off with SmackDown in the uh, triple threat tag team title match with Daniel Bryan and Rowan. They're, they're doing a solid job of holding that, holding the tag titles. Yeah. No complaints there. Uh, the New Day and Heavy Machinery, who is getting over like Rover. Um, I think... I think it's going to be uh, Ryan and Rowan to retain here. I don't see any reason why they're going to drop the titles just yet. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm probably going with them as well. Um, I think the only way they'll drop them, I think the ending of this one might kind of lean on the ending of Kofi Joe because if, um, you know, they might go for that New Day and Kofi all three having the titles moment. But, yeah. but other than that, I think it's going with Brian and Rowan. I think it's just a little too early for Heavy Machinery to get them. And plus, with Otis got that win during the uh, triple threat match on SmackDown. So, you know, I don't expect, you know, history to repeat itself at the pay-per-view. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I don't see anybody standing out right now that could take the titles off Brian and Rowan. I mean, yeah, you, you, you could always put them back on the New Day, like you said, but I eventually see Brian getting back into the title picture because um, I think he's honestly just at that level where he can slide in the tag team picture, hold the tag titles for a while, and then slide back into the little title picture seamlessly. I, I don't – that that wouldn't be a, be a big issue. But I don't see anybody right now that can take the titles. Uh, maybe a Viking Raiders down the road. Should they choose to go to SmackDown, so, something like that, perhaps? I'm not sure. True. And I think Brian, uh, I think it's a nod to him, actually, to put him in this role. I mean, they, they were at a spot where um, Big E was out hurt, so they didn't really have a full tag team roster at the moment. And, uh, you know, they, they looked to him and Rowan and brought him in just to, I, I guess, kind of as a filler until we could get something building. And, uh, like I said, yeah. it's, a, it's a nod to him. You know, they were um, they they were like, hey. He's the guy for the job. Put him and Rowan in the spot, yep. and they'll they'll get us where we need to go. And I think too, uh, should they ever decide to turn Brian back, you know, babyface, I think uh, it'd be an interesting little feud with him and Rowan. Sure, uh, that that's something that they have in the cards. But um, 
moving on here, we got the Raw tag titles um, with a feud that has been going on for a solid amount of time. Uh, what, two months now? Something like that? Yeah, right around in there. The, 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 the revival in the Usos, and while it started out a little silly, it's kind of found its footing to, to be a pretty solid feud. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with the revival here to, to retain. Uh, I don't... I, I think they're doing solid work kind of in this Shane McMahon stable that's not a stable, but it kind of is. So (laughs) (laughs) kind of hanging out. Uh, I I think they're doing good work on the, with them. Um, Do do you see the same thing? Do you think they're going to put the titles on the Usos? I'm going to go with the Usos, but with hopes that the feud's going to continue, you know, like the Usos get the belts, Revival, well, of course, Shane will grant them a rematch. Even though oh, yeah. we don't have automatic rematches anymore, but Shane will grant him a rematch oh. and maybe build on to another, you know, good match. Because everything they've been doing in the ring has been good. So I'm not ready to for this one to go off yet. Agreed. It, uh, it's it been solid stuff. Like I said, it started out a little hokey, a little silly, but it's it's found its footing. Um, so it should be a good one. The SmackDown women's title match. I'm not sure if this is the order that it's going in, but this is on the the site that I'm looking at. This is this is what they have. So the SmackDown women's match with uh, Bailey versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. This has actually been one of the more interesting feuds, and um, I'm really not entirely sure where this is going. You have the obvious of Alexa Bliss kind of screwing over Nikki Cross. But something tells me they're not going to pick that low-hanging fruit just yet, at least. So uh, what, what's your thoughts? I have a crazy what-if idea on this one. Okay. okay. And I don't, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're not going to go this route. But, and let me start this off by saying Alexa is a good heel. I prefer her as a heel, you know, because she's great. But what if Nikki Cross double crosses Alexa, securing Bailey's title, making Bailey turn heel in the process, and Alexa turn and face in the process? See, that's kind of where my head was going, because there's been a couple of times that Alexa, um, I'm thinking it was after the first women's elimination chamber, she cut this genuine babyface promo for like a minute and a half, two minutes, and then swerved it back around into being a heel promo. Mm-hmm. But but that first half of it, she had the crowd just, I mean, like, yeah, just eating out of the palm of her hand. I would like to see, and plus, I'm not sure <clears throat> if you watched it. I, I watched it just to watch it, I guess. Uh, the, the 365 with Alexa, she is a likable likable girl i mean she she really is uh yeah i remember she what last one of the past seasons she was on uh, total divas and uh, mm-hmm. and you know she seems like somebody you easily get along with and everything so yeah so i don't and plus she's a little undersized so that kind of lends her to that underdog role true uh, 
I mean, she's all five foot, if that. So that that kind of lends her to that. So, and she's absolutely phenomenal on the mic. She, in my opinion, she is top five men, women, whatever, top five in the company on the mic, bar none. Um, I, I mean, it depends on the week where you want to rank them, but I, I think she is certainly in that category. Um, she, uh, so yeah, that, that's kind of where my head was going. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping they go that route. Me too. I, the, I'd like to see that. The story, I feel like the story overall, yet again, this is another one that kind of started out a little odd with a random Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss pairing, but yet again, it's kind of found its footing. Um, and another thing, obviously, as we've talked about in the past, there's there's a lot of negativity online. Go figure. But <laughs> The thing that I have found since we've started doing this show and since I've kind of started looking at things through a a bit, you know, things that we kind of think are a little hokey at first, they're, they're really making a solid effort, I feel, at, at finding stories and finding places for everyone. And Nikki Cross being one of those people because... I know when they first called her up, they were like, what are they going to do with her? What are they going to do? Blah, 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 blah. And they they found a role for her. I mean, I think everybody wants anybody who gets called up from NXT will give them a world title run right off the bat. That That's the general vibe that I get. Well, they're going to screw them up when they get to the main roster. Well, yeah give them a little bit of time to figure out what to do with them because the roster is pretty loaded and pretty stacked. And I think eventually they'll, they'll find their place. So I think this is a good example of being patient and they will find, find a role for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I get that vibe too of, uh, you know, it's like immediately push them up to the top spot and, uh, you know, sometimes it takes time for stuff, stuff to simmer, you know, stuff to, to cook and, like you said, to find their the right spot, and um, and you know if you wait it out like that, it usually ends up being better than if they would have immediately pushed them up. You know. Yeah. Um. So moving along here, we've got um a decent little another decent little story based off one hot angle. We got a last man standing match between Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley. I'm not going to say that I'm super excited about this match, but um, I'm mildly interested, not not to sound overly negative, but if before that angle a couple of weeks ago, if they would have put this match on the card, this probably would have been a bathroom break. <laughs> but but now I'm okay. Let's, let's see where the story goes from here. Uh, because I have heard uh, that Heyman does want to kind of get Strowman back to his monster roots where he's flipping over cars and semis and just crazy stuff like that. So maybe we see another wild stunt like that during this match. Who knows? That would be cool. Uh, I'm, I'm going to pick Strowman to win. I, I don't know. 
I, I think they've done a decent job with both of these guys who were kind of seemingly lost in the shuffle. This, this is an okay feud. I'm, I've got nothing really bad to say about it. Two, two big guys just destroying stuff. Okay, cool. Um, you you going with a Strowman victory, or uh, you think Lashley keeps his heat and kind of keeps the story going? Well, I'm looking at it. Uh, I'm I'm agreeing with you on the aspect of the um, when they did the the stage spot a couple weeks ago. I'm definitely more invested after that. But I, after seeing Lashley beat up on Mysterio this week, he looked great beating up on Mysterio. So I'm yeah. going with Lashley on this one. I don't know why, but I think I'm going to go with Lashley on this one. Real quick, since you brought up Mysterio, I'm not sure what's going on with him. People want to complain about NXT guys uh, not getting their just desserts, but I'm not sure if... Now, I know Mysterio is, what, 43 now and, and looks to be in phenomenal shape, and I know he's kind of been beat up with injuries, but... Not entirely sure what's going on with him. I don't know. I'm not going to say he's a full-blown jobber after this past week by no means, but it seems like since he's came back, he's had a little trouble finding his footing and and finding a good story. Um, So I'm I'm hoping they kind of iron that out uh, because there, there are a couple dream matches obviously with him and Ricochet him and AJ Styles that I think could uh, could really be a lot of fun uh, and and honestly either one of those would be mania worthy yeah and um, yeah. I think Mysterio's kind of fell into that uh, established veteran that's pretty much just used to put other people over his role yeah um, yeah I, I think Christian was there like during his last run. Yeah, uh, pretty sure he he lost like everybody. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and we see that a lot. We see uh you know somebody that's already established a well known name come back and pretty much that last run or so, they're, they're you know they're putting everybody over. But it's good. But you still want to see them get some wins too. You still want to see them get some uh, coverage there. And um, I agree with you on that one. So. Segwaying into the next match, which has got to be the match everyone's looking forward to for match quality, is Ricochet and AJ Styles. Now, uh, for the for the U.S. title, talk about a feud that I really didn't know if I would care for. Now they've they've got me invested. Ricochet, here we go yet again. Whenever they called him and Aleister Black up, and we talked about this a little bit, you know, they were in a tag team, kind of lukewarm, but then they made it work. And then they both kind of, after they split up, after the superstar shakeup, they kind of lost their way. Now both guys are finding their footing. Uh, Aleister Black, a little bit of a slower build. Ricochet, putting the U.S. title on him. I'm just, I think it's going to work like gangbusters. Um, Heyman apparently is super high on Ricochet. I, I can't blame him. 
I, and you know, I read something this week, and I want to get your opinion on it because I have a different opinion than what I read. Uh, there was somebody saying that uh, Ricochet is kind of bland on the microphone, that, that he just, uh, the, the term that I read was charisma vacuum. <laughs> so, what, what say you on that? Well, I wouldn't go that far. I definitely no. have seen some people that I would consider charisma vacuums. Yep. Um, he's not as confident as some others I've seen, you know. Um, but I, I wouldn't go that far. I, I think he's the one that might could use a little fine tuning on the microphone. But uh, <sighs> yeah, definitely not I, a charisma vacuum. No, I, I think th- this is the highest profile role he's ever had, period. I mean, he's he's in a feud right now with one of the top 10 wrestlers in the world. Uh, he's, you know, he's in a huge stage. I, I see this going on in the SummerSlam, but he comes across to me as genuine. He, he comes across as he almost comes across as as an athlete. Like like um, when, when I see an interview with him, it almost comes across as as I'm watching a uh, somewhat of like a, a LeBron James interview. So he comes across as like a, an athlete. It's not a catchphrase. It's not a he, he comes across as real. I, I'm not exactly sure how to describe it, but it, it comes across as a real athlete. And and obviously he is a real athlete. He, he does things that are amazing, but that's the vibe that I get from him is he, he's not trying to get across a catchphrase. He's, and some people may look at that as, as, you know, kind of bland or whatever, but I dig it. I, it's a little different and he could probably use some fine tuning I'm not going to argue that, but I see nothing wrong with with him on the mic, and I think he will continue to improve. <clears throat> um, so, but getting back to this match itself in uh, this feud, what what say you on this match in this feud thus far? Um, I've enjoyed the buildup. Um, some good matches so far between the two. Um, I like Styles going back to being a heel. Mm-hmm. I think he's a better heel. I do too. I do too. Uh, Styles is one of those that um, he I, I knew of him during his TNA stuff, and um, I'd seen a little bit, but it wasn't until he really got here that I, you know, my eyes were open on him, and and he's a great great fit for the company and everything, and and I think where Ricochet is, is new coming in, you know, Styles is a good opponent for him to be with. It's going to help establish him and all that. I, I'm going with Rick Sizzle in this one. <laughs> uh, I don't know how he's going to beat the club, you know, because I'm sure Gallows and Anderson are going to be down there with him. But I don't think I'm ready for him to lose the belt since he just got it. And plus, I could see them going into SummerSlam, maybe a ladder match between the two. That would be that would be fun. And kind of, uh, kind of piggybacking off what you said earlier, I could also see some interesting six-man tags should the Usos win. True. The tag, true. tag titles, then that would lead into a hot tag team feud going into SummerSlam. 
True. Not, but then you got the revival left out of the shuffle. So just when you think we don't have a tag team division, <laughs> we, it it is quietly over the past year plus, I would say, quietly been pretty darn solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with AJ to win. Um, and I don't want to seem like we're hot shotting the belt here, but. I think I think a cheap victory, the club kind of screwing Ricochet over. Then, as you said, a, a ladder match, some kind of something like that. Um, a steel cage match, maybe to keep the club out. Something where Ricochet can jump off of something and just wow it. <laughs> something like that. I can uh, see that being part of the uh, the booking meeting or something yeah. for this. We need something he can jump off of. <laughs> So, um, it leading into SummerSlam, uh, Ricochet went in the title back, and then he has beaten Samoa Joe and AJ Styles, two-time U.S. champion, automatically super established. So, I think if, if AJ wins, I don't see too many people complaining, but I could see some people maybe being like, well, why'd they take the title off of him so soon? But I'm going to go with AJ. I'm going to go with AJ in this. Well, the Intercontinental title is one that, uh, not hot-shotting, but, you know, it's always faster-paced, or no, yeah. normally it's faster-paced. So it's a little more believable with it swapping hands more often, you know, in my, in my eyes. Speaking of which, I'm, I'm not sure. I know you said you had some little sidebars you wanted to talk about uh, not related to this show. Did you see... Uh, Balor and Nakamura from this past week? I did. I did. It was a pretty good match. It was. Like, um, then, and it was non-title. Nakamura got a clean win. Uh, okay. Um, let's, let's buckle up and see where this goes. That, uh, that was very solid. And obviously, I guess the long-term booking is to lead that into SummerSlam. So, I'm I'm down for that. Uh, a little disappointed it's not on this show, but crowded card, so save it. I'm cool. Uh, be excited about that IC title feud? I, I am. Um, like I said, it was a good match on SmackDown. Uh, Nakamura getting the win, which I kind of wouldn't really expect in that because, you know, it's kind of been a little off on his booking recently. But uh, he got the win. And I'm sure it's going to lead into, you know, he got the beat, the win over the uh, champion, so he gets the title shot. And uh, I, I'm kind of interested to see where it goes. I like Balor as Intercontinental Champion, too. Um, he's, he's one of yeah. those. The, the Intercontinental title, you know, I think with um, Rollins and Dolph and Miz over the past couple of years has really been brought back up in my eyes. Mm-hmm. And Balor is, is a good fit for that belt. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, eventually, you know, you can't move him up into the main uh, world title picture, but... You know, in my eyes, the Intercontinental title means something again. And uh, he, like I said, he's a real good fit for that belt. And the, the match with Nakamura will probably only elevate that even more. Yeah. And there's been a lot of people that, you know, have kind of complained about Nakamura and his place on the card. And I will say that I wish they wouldn't have... I didn't like the heel turn at Mania. 
it I, I liked it but I didn't like it it was unexpected it was a whoa moment um I wish they would have pulled the trigger and put the title on him if just for a little bit that that was a little strange booking but I think if they give him the chance and this this feud with Balor could certainly do that I think he can find his footing again and get right back in uh, the upper echelon there yeah yeah uh, so exciting stuff there for sure. So, so moving on on the Extreme Rules card, we got Roman Reigns and uh, Undertaker, Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre, no holds barred tag team match. Uh, Shane McMahon's going through a table. Uh, just calling that right now. In fact, I hope they recreate the uh, was it King of the Ring '99? where Taker chokeslammed him from the ring post all the way to the outside through the table? I believe so. That's that's one of the more memorable spots that from the Attitude Era for me because it was was simple, but the visual was just awesome. Um, I'm not sure if either one of them, given their age, is up to that spot, but that would be a really cool callback. Uh, So... I don't know where this is going. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I've heard Taker wanted to work with McIntyre. So maybe this leads into a SummerSlam match. Then we've got Kevin Owens and his little promo from this past week. So a lot to unpack here. What's what's your thoughts on this? Well, I'm definitely hoping we lead to Drew and Taker. Uh, I'm, I'm still waiting on him to pull the trigger for Drew, you know. Yes. Make him the man, because he's awesome. Um, and, and I think Taker also, I, where you mentioned that, that he's kind of wanting to work with him. I think he's trying to do something to get away from the Taker-Goldberg situation. I think that's what I read. Yeah. Show that, you know, hey, that was a one-time thing. I can still do this type of thing, you know. Um, I don't really know where this match is going to go as far as the Extreme Rules. Um um, I kind of hope it's the end of Reigns' feud with them, and they move on to something else. Uh, speaking of which, on SmackDown, he wrestled Dolph, and I watching that match, I was kind of thinking maybe Reigns and Dolph will be a decent, decent feud. I don't think I've seen them like interact much at all since they've been there. So, so there, there might have been a little during the uh, Shield versus Drew Dolph and Strowman stuff last year, but yeah. I don't think I've ever I've seen them clash hardly at all, so that might be fresh and new. So yeah, I'm I'm hoping this leads to Drew and Taker at SummerSlam. I think that could be a lot of fun. Wonder, and I, I honestly think we're going to get Owens and Shane at SummerSlam. Supposedly, they're looking to write Shane out of the storylines, kind of stop this reign of terror that he's been on. Uh, Kevin Owens seems to be an anti-hero, uh, which is cool. I, I dug the whole stuff that he done on SmackDown, the little work shoot promo. That was that was fun. That was pretty cool. Um, I'm wondering when they're going to get Reigns back in the title picture. Like, <laughs> I, I don't because automatically when he gets in the title picture, people are going to start complaining. Yep. But 
my thinking is he's been back since what October, November. Uh, well, he come back right before uh, Mania. Oh, he did come. Back. Okay, he went out in October. Yeah, went out in um, October. He went out in October. Come back right before Mania. Okay, got my time frame mixed up. So he's been back for a for a solid amount of time, and they have still like it seems purposely tiptoed and not put him in the title picture, which I'm cool with. I'm I'm fine, but and plus you have Kofi and Seth as as champions. So it kind of lends itself to keeping him out of the title picture, but I'm just kind of curious as to where they're going to go with this because eventually you've got to test those waters again, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm I'm with you. I don't know when the, when they're going to do this or how they're going to do this, and I'm sure immediately as soon as they do, you know, the negative reaction is going to come flooding back in. But uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the best route would be. I think there's money. I really think there's some money in him and Seth. I and save it for Mania, kind of almost like the Mega Powers on a smaller scale. Let that build and let that descend into a blood feud. Um, I'm not sure how you get there, but they've never. They never really got a chance to have... It was always Seth and Dean. Um, so, you never really got that taste of Roman and Seth to the to the full extent. Now, I think there's some money there. I, I agree with you on that. Um, it seems like the first time they were building to a match between the two is when Reigns got hurt, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah. And I, I may be wrong. Did, they, did we eventually get them two in a match at pay-per-view? I think we did, but it was kind of, it, it was almost a throwaway to some extent. I, I mean, I don't want to belittle it, but the, the build behind it wasn't what it could have been. So, well, Wasn't that match just to lead into uh, Dean cashing in, and then they did the triple threat, I think? I think you're Is that right. What it was? I think so you're right. So the story wasn't really Reigns and Rollins. It was... yeah get them there get Dean to cash in so yeah yeah was that pay-per-view in Nashville um was that the Nashville show that man that sounds we'll have to research that because I remember (laughs) I'm thinking Dean cashed in in Nashville that's kind of irony too because I'm I might be totally wrong on this but I'm thinking the show that Reigns was supposed to wrestle at and got hurt at or got hurt right before was in Nashville too I might be um, completely off on that, but I'm. I think you're right. Uh, so basically, what we've learned here is don't book Reigns and Seth Rollins for a Nashville show. <laughs> exactly, or, um, or it's not going to go as planned. <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff going on in that no holds barred match. So. I guess guess we'll just have to wait and see. I think I think it'll be fun. Um, there'll there'll be some gaga. There'll be some some table spots. There'll be some stuff to kind of help Taker, obviously, and, and kind of disguise his age. I guess you would say. Uh, so there'll there'll be some stuff going on there. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with Taker and Reigns on this one. Yeah, to 
you know, transition Shane over to Owens. And then Drew can always come out and be like, you know, hey, I want another piece of you, Taker, and then set up their thing. So, so I'm going with Taker and Reigns on this one. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll agree. Uh, did, moving, did you uh, did you catch uh, the uh, Cedric Alexander stuff on Raw? Yeah, that was that was odd. <laughs> <laughs> it was, and, and what made it odd was. He, you know, he come out and done all this. I expected somebody to come out and do all the, you know, oh, whoa, the janitor's doing all these flips and, you know, so on and so forth. But yeah, that was the feeling I kind of had going into it, too. But they lost. So, like, <laughs> yeah, but did like, you see the see the Claymore kick from Drew? Oh, he, he turned him inside out. That was oh, awesome. That, yeah, it was. That was cool. Uh, so, yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. Not sure what uh, what the point behind all that was exactly. <laughs> so yeah, maybe at least get Cedric on TV now. Maybe. Um, oh, so yeah. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. So Drew. So Taker and Reigns will win. Drew is gonna like you know. Hey, I want another piece of Taker, but Taker's not gonna wrestle on Raw leading up to SummerSlam. So Cedric can work matches with Drew while building up for the match with Taker. Maybe. Possibly. Maybe. That that could uh, that could certainly work. Maybe, maybe um, Drew, Drew kind of doing double duty, you know, feuding with both of them since Taker won't be working matches probably until the next pay-per-view. Possibly. That, I don't know. That, that could uh, certainly work. Um... I'm also actively trying to find out if that show was in Nashville. So, um, I did find out it was Money in the Bank 2016. So, not not to seem unprofessional here, but I'm I'm actively trying to find this out. Uh, it was in Las Vegas. So uh. as bad as bad as we wanted it in Nashville, there was, <laughs> there was a Nine of Champions in 2014. <clears throat> so that was. Money in the Bank 2016. So yeah, and it Maybe. was, it was Roman and Seth. But as you said, the story was kind of more Dean cashing in. Maybe that 2014 out of Champions is the one I was thinking about. Yeah, was that? It was that was Lesnar and Cena actually. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> we we need another pay per view in Nashville. We so that, that's what we're getting at here. Come on, Nashville. yeah. Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> We'll take Mania, you know, if y'all, you know, if y'all got... You know, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Nashville could host WrestleMania. If we can host the NFL draft, uh, NHL All-Star game, you, I, think, you know. I think we could. Uh, we've got uh, LP Field yep. for Mania. We've got the uh, Bridgestone for uh, Raw, NXT, and Hall of Fame. Yep. All we need is a venue to uh, do uh, fan access at, and they could probably do that uh, at the municipal. Well, they could, or uh, that new thing, the guitar-shaped building. Oh, that's true. That's true. The, uh, the huge convention center that they've got. True. Everything, or or if you wanted to do it at municipal. I mean, either way, it has everything. Uh, and a blue million hotels, they're getting pretty experienced at holding large numbers of people. So, I'm I'm all for it. Uh, 
I will vote for, I think the, the mayor elections are this week or coming up pretty soon. So whatever mayor says they can get WrestleMania to Nashville, they're getting my vote. Me too. I don't, I don't care about the issues. Just uh, no. get us WrestleMania. <laughs> there you go. You're, you're getting my vote if you can do that. So, uh, any, anyhow, moving along here, we've got um, the uh, WWE Championship with Kofi and Samoa Joe. This this has been a pretty interesting feud. Um, and I want to see Joe win. I really do. But I don't think this is the time. I, I just don't think they're ready to, to take the title off Kofi yet. Uh, so, so what say you? Um, I agree. I think... I don't think Joe's winning this one, but he might win at SummerSlam. I'm thinking um, either Kofi just squeezes right, squeezes past him somehow like a quick surprise finish, or I'm calling for Joe to do something, um, not the stage spot from Raw a couple weeks ago, but something along those lines where uh, Kofi's left incapacitated, you know, Kofi's knocked out. Uh, yeah, maybe gets counted out or something. Either either Joe gets a disqualification for something like that, or Kofi gets counted at, counted out, and um, you know it kind of puts Kofi in peril. You know, can can he beat Joe? And it leads us into another match. I, that's what I'm calling for. Yeah, I, I could certainly see that. I think this match uh, could be could be sleeper match of the night. Uh, these two guys haven't really worked a whole lot together. Um. And something tells me they could tear the house down. Uh, yeah, I, I could certainly see this leading on into um, SummerSlam and possibly Joe taking the title then. You've, all, you've always got the, uh, the Lesnar aspect ha- hanging around there. Yeah. Um, uh, honestly, I could be dead wrong on this. I do not see Lesnar cashing in until the Fox debut. Sure. Uh, I think your first show on Fox, cashing in on Kofi, maybe they have a big title match. Uh, Kofi and Roman Reigns, I don't know. Some, something like that. A big, a big marquee title match. Lesnar cashes in on the debut SmackDown on Fox. That, that's my prediction. Who knows? Um, but, uh, yeah, I think I think this one could be good. I'm not sure. Like I said, I'm not sure they're, they're ready to take the title off Kofi yet. And he just continues to, to be a solid champion. I think, to, as the theme of this episode, finding, finding their footing, I, I think... Uh, <laughs> I think Kofi's doing that. Um, they've kind of separated him and New Day a little bit, and he's kind of standing on his own. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, what's cool about it too is he did the feud with uh, Ke- uh, Kevin Owens, and I mean I enjoyed that, but something seemed a little amiss, you know. Mm. And then he did the feud with Dolph, and again I enjoyed that, but again something seemed a little off. But this feud with Joe is right on the money. I'm, I'm loving this one. So I think I think Joe yes. was the heel Kofi needed. I think you referenced that a couple weeks ago or a couple episodes ago, where you said Kofi needs a good heel. Yeah. I think Joe might be that heel. 
I I agree a hundred percent. The first couple feuds coming out of Mania were a little lukewarm, but this one, uh, I hope my boy Bischoff keeps it going into into uh, SummerSlam. I think there's some money here, um, so we shall see. Finally, we have uh, the man and the man's man. Uh, <laughs> Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch versus um, the Joker and Catwoman. <laughs> no, um, uh, Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. And yet again, like I said last week, I know a lot of people are hating this. You know, they, they don't like Corbin. They don't like Evans. What Whatever. I think this, t- to me... A lot of people, a lot of people, you know, kind of, kind of crap all over the the writing team for WWE. I say they've done a pretty darn decent job at getting some legs out of both of these feuds. I mean, I, I'm ready for it to be done. Let let them, you know, have a fun match tonight and kind of. And I think that's where this is going because Becky even said if they don't win tonight, well, it's you know, done with. So, I think, uh, I obviously think, you know, Seth and Becky retain. I'm not sure. The the big thing here is I'm not sure where it goes from there for the man and the man's man. So, (laughs) uh, what what say you on on this match? um, I agree with you. The, Heading out of stomping grounds, or into stomping grounds, actually. I was ready for both feuds to, you know, let's wrap it up. Let's get something new. But yep. I think this, the way they've worked this into the tag match and stuff, to me, it, it made, I, I'm entertained. I'm ready. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm excited for this match. I'm sure this is going to be the end of it as we lead to SummerSlam. Something fresh is going to come from SummerSlam. But uh, I'm kind of excited about it. It's a different dynamic. Um, I, I don't think we've seen anything... Like a match like this, I think SummerSlam 2008, we had Santino and Beth Phoenix against Kofi and Mickey James, and they had titles on the line in a similar situation. Um, yeah, I think I think you're right. So um, I'm I'm excited about it. I'm I'm thinking Seth and Becky are going to win, you know, because that's that'll lead us we can come up with something for SummerSlam. Uh, but I mean, tune in. You know, we're, we we got to find out if Catwoman and Joker are going to be uh, too much for Fat Seth and Wonder <laughs> Becky. Uh, <laughs> uh, while you were talking about this, though, I, I had a, a funny idea. Um, I agree with you on the Brock Fox cash-in. You know, it's something they're probably holding for ratings and for to get a big pop right off the bat. But think about this. Since we've got Seth and Becky going to be at ringside or down at the ring together, think about Brock coming in to cash-in. Like, maybe... I don't know, Seth, maybe there's going up the ramp or something, and Be- uh, Becky's kind of still back toward the ring. And uh, Brock comes in with Becky in there. Seth comes in to be the hero and, you know, keep, you know, I, I, not that I don't see Brock hitting Becky, but, you know, Seth comes in to kind of save her. And uh, maybe we get like uh, Heyman holding Becky back as Brock just decimates Seth. Well, I think it was uh, Bubba Ray Dudley on, on his podcast radio show whatever that he's got actually had I, I like that idea but if you really want to crank up the volume 
why not have Brock tease the cash in, but then F5 Becky? Ooh, that'd be good. And then just walk off. And now you not only have the threats of Brock cashing in anytime, but you have this like emotional investment like that, you know, that sorry SOB, you know, he, because everybody loves Becky. And, you know, that, that, I definitely think involving Becky somehow or another in, in the little, Brock and Seth feud, I think, is smart booking. Uh, be it Heyman holding her back, Brock F five and there's something along those lines. I think there's certain, <clears throat> certainly money to uh, to be had there for sure. I could I could even see Becky promos after Brock F five and her trying to call out Brock herself. And then you also have uh, you, you could even have. Rousey come back oh, true. for SummerSlam um, to have that one-on-one match. True. I don't know if they're going to save that for Mania or you could pull the trigger since it's still relatively fresh and have it at SummerSlam. So, so who knows that? Because I'm a little... I, I don't know where Becky and Seth goes. I don't know who their challengers are. So that, that could be the way they go. Um, supposedly... The road to SummerSlam is going to be a clean slate. They they had some stuff in mind, but apparently that's all kind of been, you know, wiped clean. And Heyman and Bischoff are going to be able to put their own stuff in because this week, officially, uh, the Heyman and Bischoff era is nice. beginning. Nice. So that's it's going to be interesting to see see what happens there and. We're actually going to put, speaking of Heyman and Bischoff, we're going to put that stuff, um, as I may have mentioned, we're, we're going to put that stuff for uh, the next show. Um, because, as I said, we've we've kind of been going down the, the rabbit hole and there's a lot to unpack there. So, uh, I think that pretty much covers extreme rules uh is there anything else from uh raw or smackdown or anything you wanted to touch on i've got just a couple things um for one the uh r-truth and drake maverick stuff again great uh i love the drake maverick honeymoon videos i I think i think those (laughs) just made me a fan of drake maverick (laughs) it's uh is that his real life wife or or is that i think so well, a tip of the cap to you, Mr. Maverick. Good job. So I think somebody said you worked the uh, May Young Classic last year or the year before. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Good doing doing good, Mr. Maverick. That's uh Yeah, that, that stuff is um that that stuff's hilarious. I I don't know how much longer it can go. They're they're finding new and innovative ways, but I'll be honest, if the twenty four seven title is still around by Mania next year, I'll be kinda surprised. <laughs> I I could see them kind of phasing it out, but but who knows? Who knows? It'll still be truth and uh, Drake Maverick feuding by that time. <laughs> probably. Probably. Yeah. 
Um, so real quick, uh, I, I mentioned earlier, uh, fight for the fallen last night. Um, I'm not sure how many were in attendance, but, um, the venue they were at was apparently some kind of little amphitheater outside of the Jacksonville Jaguars stadium. I really like the setup. Um, if you want to check it out, um, Bleacher Report Live, it's free on that app. Uh, they Apparently, they've got a heck of a working relationship with uh, TNT and Turner. So, that's a that's a big plus for them. But uh, I'm not sure how to describe it, but it was a very unique setup and, and gave a very different feel. Um, and I, I remember Bischoff always wanted WCW to look different than WWE back when they first kind of really kick-started the Monday Night Wars. And, and that's almost the vibe that I got from this. It did not look like WWE or NXT. It really had a unique feel. And that kind of, this wasn't even one of their big shows. And I just kind of, I don't know, it kind of gave me a really excited feel like, okay, this is a, this is different. Uh, so I've, I've actually got to finish watching that. Uh, so something else that uh, they had that, that I've been hearing is uh, they're wanting to have about three to four tent pole events per year in a lot of these little smaller shows scattered in between that kind of leads us to something that you brought up uh, the other day and kind of an interesting topic and I'll kind of let you uh, explain your idea and then we'll jump into it all right well um I don't know I was just thinking like dream pay-per-view schedules like you know you got January through December um I, we've, we've been through a lot of pay-per-views like a lot of changes a lot of <laughs> you know like some of them are themed some of them are gimmicks you know um and I was just thinking you know what what would be our dream pay-per-view lineups if, if we could book it and set it up I'll uh I'll go first because honestly you uh you text me that and at, at first, I thought you were talking about a, a pay-per-view card, like a dream pay-per-view card, but then I was like, okay, wait, no, a, a pay-per-view lineup for the year. And I thought about it for a couple minutes, and it was actually relatively easy for me. Uh, I would I would have five for the whole year. That, nice, that's it. Nice. Um, Rumble in January. Uh, Mania. In March, April, the the usual time frame, King of the Ring in June, and and I guess my theme here is your Rumble winner builds to Mania. Then after Mania, clean slate, so to speak. Then come June, your King of the Ring winner gets a title shot at SummerSlam, which is my fourth nice. pay-per-view. Then I'm gonna. Kind of go off grid a little and throw you a curveball. I would have a Starcade Thanksgiving weekend, uh-huh. like it 
started out during that time period. They eventually moved it to December. Um, because I, I love Starcade. I, I thought it was it was almost WrestleMania before WrestleMania. Um, no, no hate against Survivor Series, but I, I think between the two, I lean a little bit more into into Starcade. Uh, so I would have Starcade to close the year out, Thanksgiving weekend. Then that time period between December, mid-January, you're building up to the Rumble. So I guess my whole theme is a little breathing room to build to each pay-per-view. So that's that, that would be quick and simple, my five-show lineup for the nice. year. Nice. So, I, what uh, what do you got? I like that. I I didn't even think along the lines of cutting out shows. <laughs> uh, but but honestly, I agree with you. I I wish we could go back to a format where there were less pay per views and we built for a couple months to that show. And and see with the network now, I think it it almost. It's a blessing and a curse because they can have a pay-per-view every month and it's 10 bucks. I mean, it's not like you're forking out 40 or 50 bucks, but I almost wish at the same time, it kind of lends itself to building a little bit. You could have some smaller shows, little two hour network specials here and there kind of in between. But I think it almost lends itself to your tentpole events and your big stuff on four or five shows a year. But, oh, well, the business we're in now. True, true. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever go back to, uh, you know, the big the big four or big five, uh, especially yeah. not WWE. they got to push the pay-per-views out. Got to get those, uh, uh, that money. <laughs> that money, money. Yeah, yeah. That money, money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> A little crime time throw that there. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> so, what would your events okay. be? Well, like I said, I, I didn't even think about, about cutting them down. So, I've got one for each month. I, I don't think, definitely, don't want to go over twelve. And that sounds like a big number when I said it, but you know, one a month—that's you know. Um, and we thought along the same lines on some stuff too. Um, uh, of course, January will be the Rumble. Already established a pay per view that month. Uh, winner goes into Mania. You know, perfect. Uh, February, I would. I would bring it back to No Way Out instead of the Elimination Chamber. Gotcha. Because um, you could still have the Elimination yeah. Chamber. You could still yeah, it. I, I, I would definitely have a Chamber match there every month. Or every month, every year. Um, and, of course, the Chamber is to decide who's going to challenge for the other belt, you know. So it makes sense to me. Um, yeah. But I don't like – I'm what I, I don't really like the gimmick pay-per-views. I don't like Elimination Chamber and having a Chamber match for the sake of, hey – it's a pay-per-view or uh, the sale pay-per-view. I don't like it being there and being like, Oh, we're going to have sale matches because it's the sale pay-per-view, you know? Um, yeah. I like those being used for special, and but I could see it being used to determine the number one contender for the other title going into mania. So, so I like that. Uh, then of course, mania in March uh, for April, I would go back to backlash. I always like, I always like yeah. backlash as the after mania pay-per-view. It kind of yeah. dealt with the fallout of mania. Um, sometimes you got some rematches for Backlash, you know, so I, I like that as the April pay-per-view. Um, for May, I got Money in the Bank 
because I didn't really know where to put it and I had May open. <laughs> uh, now, now I just I just said I didn't like theme pay-per-views, but I do like Money in the Bank because, you know, it's... To me, it has kind of taken the place of King yeah, of the Ring. Yeah. It, as, as the guy who wins that or girl who wins that, they're kind of the next man or woman yeah. up. Kind of. So... So, you know, I, I, I like that one. I, I let that gimmick one slide. Um, now, June, uh, you mentioned having King of the Ring built into, into SummerSlam, and I had that same idea. I want King of the Ring back to pick your your world title challenger for SummerSlam. So, uh, July, I, I put Great American Bash in. Everybody's off, everybody's Saw. already patriotic yep. from the July 4th, you know. And so, yep. Uh, Bring back some WCW love there. Um, August, we got SummerSlam. September, I was a little lost on. I think it's the last one I filled. Um, and I got thinking about it. And although some of the choices were kind of hokey, I wouldn't mind a Cyber Sunday back. You know, and I think now that would actually even lend itself more to. I, I honestly think that concept and that idea was almost a little ahead of its time because um, that debuted what in 04 with uh, it was originally Taboo yeah. Tuesday and yeah that that kind of yeah I'm, I'm down with that because now with Twitter and, and Facebook and everybody having a smartphone they could they could vote a lot quicker a lot more in real time so I'm, I'm down I, with I that I think it'd be kind of cool um of course, then we move on to October, and I bring back Halloween Havoc. Some there more you WCW go. love, you know. Um, surprised that they didn't do that themselves when they took over, you know. Um, yeah. Then we move on November. I got Survivor Series. I love the Survivor Series concept, but what I would do is, do you remember the year that the? Uh, I think it was ninety. Might have been uh, nineteen ninety. They did the Ultimate Survivor match at the end. Oh, vaguely, vaguely. So we got like Hogan, Warrior, and Tito against uh, like DiBiase's entire team and somebody. I can't remember who the other Survivor was. I, I like that concept. I would I would bring back something like that for Survivor Series. And then December, some more WCW love with Starcade. So okay, I, nothing wrong with that lineup either. I'm I'm certainly down with that. I. I guess <clears throat> there's nothing wrong with having a pay-per-view each month. And and I think I'm not sure if we'll ever get back to that, as you said, but uh, because it seems now like, because now we have even NXT takeovers, we have the Saudi shows and it does kind of lend itself to, you know, you're paying ten bucks a month, so but I, I do wish they would kind of go more minimalist on the uh and just have four or five big tent pole events. Yeah. Yeah. Um because now I mean you see a pay-per-view and if you're not doing anything, yeah, you'll watch it. But for the most part, unless it is Rumble, Mania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, Money in the Bank, maybe. You don't. It's not must see viewing. So, uh, no, I, I don't disagree with your lineup at all. That's some. Uh, that's some solid stuff. Um, so, 
<laughs> is uh, is there anything else you want to get to? I know we got some uh, some wrestling history. I got a little bit for that. Uh, first off, I, w- I want to do a follow up. Um, okay. Last episode, I mentioned we were talking about the Hogan Edge versus um, Billy and Chuck from July fourth, mm-hmm. two thousand two, and I mentioned an Angle Taker main event for that show. I hadn't watched right. the show. I didn't have any details on it or whatever. And after mentioning it, I immediately regretted mentioning it because I didn't have the information to follow through and stuff. So I thought, I'm watching it. I'm going to tell about it on the next one. So it's covered. Uh, I did go back and watch it. You know, it was a pretty good main event and everything. The controversial finish that I was talking about, though, um, like near the end of it, Taker goes to do the last ride and Angle locks him in like a triangle choke. So they come mm-hmm. down to the mat. Angle's trying to choke out Taker. And uh, Taker kind of, he, he stands back up on his feet and tries to get leverage on Angle. And it causes an Angle's shoulders to go to the mat. And the referee goes to count for the one, two, three. And right about the time the referee's hand hits three, Taker taps. So huh. Taker has actually submitted to Angle, which I don't think I knew Taker had ever, ever tapped out. It seems like when he was in that... Uh... The, the American badass gimmick or the, the biker gimmick, I, I feel like it lent him a little bit more to to things like that, being a bit more human. So it, was it, wasn't he the, the, the heel during this time? Too? Uh, yeah. In 2000? This was during his uh, heel title run, I believe. Yeah. Which that was good stuff. I, yeah. Um, interesting, so, though. So I thought I'd go back and cover that before moving on to the new ones, you know. Uh, we got a little bit of stuff for the, for today. Um, got two birthdays, Jeff Jarrett and Bubba Ray Dudley, both having a birthday on today, July 14th. Nice. And uh, the only real, uh, on this day in wrestling history moment I've got, but it kind of, there's a little story behind it too, um, is on July 14th, 1997, uh, we saw the, um, the, Appearance on Raw of Dude Love and him and Austin won the tag titles from Owen and Bulldog. Mm-hmm. So, pretty cool, pretty cool. Yeah. But I, I remember Austin looking at him like, what is going on? Oh, that here? was great. <laughs> it was, it was priceless. like a perfect odd couple. Cool um, thing about this is mm-hmm. I was reading on this and uh, reading yesterday's stuff as well. Okay, so on July 14th, 97, Dude Love and Austin win the tag titles, okay? Fast okay. forward to um, March 29th, 98, at WrestleMania 14, Cactus Jack and Terry Funk win the tag titles, okay? Fast okay. forward to July 13th of 1998, and Kane and Mankind win the tag titles from the Outlaws. So it, within the course of a, a year... Mick Foley won the tag team titles <laughs> with three different personas. <laughs> oh man, I I think it goes. I don't know. I I was listening to um, a podcast earlier. Uh, I think I think it may have been grilling Jr. It was earlier in the week. You know, people want to just say Foley was a spot monkey, and he just done all this crazy stuff but a lot of the times he told phenomenal stories and he had such a brilliant mind I mean I don't think it's any coincidence he's a New York Times bestseller you know he he looks 
He looks like a homeless man, but super, gosh, he's super intelligent. Um, so that, that's some, that's some fun stuff right there. He, uh, I really wish, I really wish they would, somebody, AEW, WWE, whoever, would hire him as an agent because I really think he's still got a lot of knowledge to give some of these younger guys and gals that could be beneficial. I, I agree. Um, Foley, um, it was a good storyteller, and his promos, I think, is where the magic happened. Oh, my gosh. Dude was awesome at promos. Yes. Yes. I, I think uh, they brought him in a couple times, I think, for the uh, when they're advertising sale matches. And he's like mm-hmm. helped whoever is in the sale for that coming uh, pay per view to uh, get yep. the sale match over. And, and so, you know, I know they see that those promos were great. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I, I do. I, I wish, wish somebody would pick him up. He was actually with, uh, the Young Bucks on uh, their little web series uh, being the elite. So I don't know if AEW is going to reach out to him to bring him in. That Maybe, I don't know, but he, he actually made an appearance in the, the last episode of that. So that's kind of interesting. So uh, we shall see there. Um, so have, uh, have we got anything else we want to touch on? Um, I think we've covered just about everything. Uh, the only... The only thing I got left is uh, is is Bray coming back tonight. <sighs> the, the puppets have been appearing sporadically here, there, and everywhere. Um, I, I don't. I think if he did come back, I, I may have mentioned this. You know, Philly, I think would receive it tremendously well I don't know if okay it's not going to be Aleister Black um because it seems he's tied up maybe Miz maybe that could be a few uh maybe this is where Roman goes after he gets I don't know I think to me Philly being one of the great town wrestling towns in the nation, I think if you wanted it to have the proper crowd reaction and the, to to get it over even more than it already is, I think uh, I think certainly Philly would be a a good town to do it. So I hope I hope he comes back. I, I don't know. I'm kind of starting to wonder. Uh, do, do you think he comes? I, back? I don't know. This is uh, we've had like I think two Raws now with no uh, Firefly Funhouse. Maybe three. Yeah, just. Just the puppets. Yeah, and, just, just. and I'm I'm horrible. Like if I'm watching Raw or SmackDown, and they do those little segments where they show somebody walking to the ring, like if it, if it's if it's a, something that's DVR, that's when I'm like, oh, time fast forward past the commercials. Or if if I'm watching yep. it live, that's like, oh, well, they're going to commercial. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna talk to whoever's in the room, or I'm gonna pick up my phone and check something or whatever, you know. So like yeah. these puppets are popping up, and I'm missing them every time. <laughs> I caught the first couple, but there's been a bunch of them. There's a couple of YouTube videos where people have actually like showed every week for the past two weeks where they've been, where they popped out at. Um, so that that's I don't know. It's it's fun. I don't know. 
And, and you know, we were talking about a challenger for set. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's Bray. I mean, that would be believable if he comes back automatically world title challenger. But then you paint yourself in a corner because you can't have this big build come back to feud with Seth only to lose. So that, that might be the wrong way to go. I don't know. I hope he comes back tonight. I think it would be a, be a huge impact. I feel like I, I'm going I'm to make a prediction here. I feel like there's going to be something coming out of this show that's going to get people talking. I, I don't know if it'll be Bray. I don't know if it'll be a Brock Cash-In. Uh, some kind of crazy spot similar to the Braun Lashley thing. I feel like there's going to be something coming out, some kind of angle that's going to get some people talking. So that's my hope and that's my prediction. So we, we shall see on that. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah I, go I ahead. I think um, I'm, I'm with you on that. You know, you can't have him come in with all that build and lose. I wonder, honestly, if maybe they were planning him and Aleister Black and – suddenly had that idea that, well, we can't have either of them lose. So maybe that's why they went Cesaro with Black, and now they're trying to find out where to put Bray in at, maybe. I don't know. Perhaps. Perhaps. Um, So, I guess that about covers uh, everything. And I, uh, you know, next week we'll kind of deep dive into Heyman and Bischoff, and actually We'll get a full week or the first full week of both of them and perhaps kind of gauge and see where they might be heading and kind of look to the past a bit. So I think that covers everything. Have you got anything I, else? I think it's all, all my stuff. All my notes I get. All right. Well, uh, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you catch us here and uh, that's all we got. Yep. Enjoy Extreme Rules and keep it positive, guys. Mm-hmm.